Before we begin, I'd like to just take a quick moment to let you guys know how much I appreciate the great team here at McCurry's Home Furnishings. They've partnered with me to make this show and podcast happen. McCurry's is unlike any furniture store in Sacramento. Not only do they carry the best furniture in town, they're also family-owned and operated for three generations. Did you know that McCurry's also offers complimentary design services? That's right. The same services, which could cost you hundreds an hour, are offered all complimentary with purchase. I love my furniture from McCurry's, and I know you will too. Now, on to the show. Hello again, this is Jerry Reynolds, and you are tuning in to the Jerry Reynolds Show from the McCreary Studios in the uh, site of the McCreary's Home Furnishings, the finest uh, furniture anywhere in Sacramento, and that studio located in the back, a beautiful studio, and we are joined today with uh, one of our favorites, uh, Carmichael Dave. Uh, and really, we'll get into some very, very tough subjects with Carmichael Dave. Obviously, most of you know him as a celebrity on the 1140, uh, nine, 6 to 9, right, yes. Dave? Yes, 6 and to 9. Now, here's my first question. Okay. What's your last name? My last name is German. It's Weigland. But there's a reason why I use Carmichael Dave, A, so nobody... No, uh, I know why, why, but go ahead. I think I do. Well... Because it's, because when you were like a young kid, mm -hmm. you would call into the, the radio shows all the time, yes, sir. And you as Carmichael Dave, yes, sir. And then you you'd like to record it to, to yes. is that pretty you've, much right? You've, you've done your homework. Yeah, I uh, used to call in with uh, with Grant uh, Coase, Jim Cosmore, and I was I started out as uh, it was Dave and Carmichael, and I was you know fourteen fifteen years old. And uh, after a while, it was Jason Ross and Steve Buzzard that were hosting the Kings post game. I would always call in mm -hmm. there. And uh, they said, if you agree to call in every game, we'll put you first up after the game's over. Well, that was gold for a kid like me. So I'd hit record. You hit play and record at the same time on the boom box. I, I'd call in. I'd do my call. They eventually switched it from Dave and Carmichael to Carmichael Dave. And uh, I bugged the heck out of them. For, uh, for years. That's so, yeah. A, yeah, I mean, well, it's work. Yeah, it, yeah it, I, I guess. I mean, I, I the, the the house house payments go through, but uh, <laughs> it's been amazing. It's it's been a fun fun road, and now I'm in my forties and <clears throat> getting older, but uh, still still around the. Well, I was reading a thing too on you, you know, which this was some years ago. We an interview with you, and you you weren't sure, you know, just how long the the yeah. radio thing was, and obviously it's going very well, and uh, but. The, you know, but I, I think it, obviously it's a tough business, I guess, and and so you just yeah. can't know for sure about anything, probably. No, I've seen so many people come and go, and you never know. And I was, you know, of course, I was fired briefly for about a year in 2013 when we had the ownership issues and the team going to Seattle, and I spoke out quite a bit. And uh, the, the the station's obviously a partner with the team, and that was a, a problem for the old ownership and. That's a whole different story, but um, do you mean the Maloofs were not in agreement with this stance you, you took? No, they weren't. It's funny that they they weren't. They were always very nice uh, behind the scenes, but I think uh, the powers that be didn't like me saying uh, they were they were they were being crooks and uh, threatening to take our team, which I I know you very much remember uh, that saga. And you and Grant were I've always said the biggest moment of that saga when you guys signed off. Um, but I've seen too many people come and go. Uh, so I just, every morning I put my, my key fob up to the little beeper at the radio station and I, 
I say a little prayer until it beeps green and opens the door, and I know I've got a job. Then you know you're okay. Yes, well, that's, that's not a bad strategy, yes, really. Sir. Now, I was thinking of some of the people that you've worked with over the years. I, I go back to what uh, uh, Dave uh, or Geronimo. Don Geronimo. Don Geronimo. And, uh, yeah, I started with Jason Ross and uh, Steve Buzzard, uh, Jim Cozumore. Grant Napier, Whitey Gleason, those guys in the mornings. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Whitey and, yeah. Whitey, you know, you yeah, know them. The Rise guys, yeah. yeah. Uh, Don, I worked with him for about four years. That was a total uh, uh, break from from the sports world. It was it, it was fun in itself. And um, I've done every shift on that station. I, I did 9 to midnight from 2004 to about 2010, which is great because nobody was listening. None, none no management was listening. So mm -hmm. I could do whatever the heck I wanted. Yeah. And that's where I really learned how to how to you know deal on the radio, and then just kind of moved up from there. And now I'm doing the opposite. Now I'm in mornings. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit. I mean, off to topic a little bit, but you know, when I when I started running the Monarchs, mm -hmm. it was so great because kind of like what you're talking about. The management didn't really care what it did. Right. They left me alone. Right. You know what I mean? For the first time, you know, since I was a small college coach almost, you could do what you thought was best sure. and how you wanted to do it. Less politics. And, yeah, it's really, you know. I mean, it's a such a, uh, a different, you know, different feeling and, and comfort zone. To, it is a comfort zone. That's the right way to put it. It's You can make mistakes and you, you know, I mean, to continue the analogy, it's like I think a basketball player that has the trust of his coach um, where you can miss a few shots and not look over your shoulder to see if you're getting subbed out. Well, in this case, my coaches weren't even watching, so I could, you know, I, I formed a very tight bond, I think, with um, with our listeners because I would come on a lot of times after games. Um, we would, you know, it's been mostly bad, unfortunately, record-wise for this team, and we, we I, I started calling it Kings of Holics Anonymous for uh, all of us uh, <laughs> Kings addicts that needed somewhere to go. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, we've tried to take some of the stuff from, mornings are different, everyone's listening, there's a lot more money from sponsors and rules and regulations and all that. Um, you know, it's, I can't be as freewheeling as I was at night, but um, but it does pay better. Mm -hmm. And my wife likes that. Oh, so and now right, I, that's important. Yeah. I didn't have kids when I was doing nine to midnight. I had I had my my daughter right at the end of my 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 deal. But when I first started, um, the old program director, you, you remember Mike Ramey? Oh, sure. Yeah, who was great guy, huge great mentor guy. to me. Uh, really, really, really a fan of Mike. Oh, he's awesome, and he gave me a shot. And he believed in me, and he said, "Out oh, well, well, Dave, I, I can give you the job. Um, it's going to pay uh, twenty two thousand dollars a year." And there's no benefits, but you'll get your own spot. And so I, I had to work two jobs for the longest time. Finally, I ended up being, <laughs> for about a year, I would go to KHTK and work nine to five as a sales guy so I could get benefits because I had a baby girl. Uh -huh. um, and then I would go home for a few hours and then come back and do the nine to midnight show. I was the worst salesperson in the history of that place because <laughs> I didn't know how to sell anything and I'm trying to sell me and everybody else and... Uh, but you do what you do as you know. Yes. You do what you do to to chase your dream and to make things work. Well, that's the thing that's always interesting, that, you know, just talking with different people in your business and some of the, you know, they have similar stories. Sure. I mean, of the of the uh, take any job mm -hmm. in order to prove yourself, yeah. uh, make a living, the whole bit. I mean, and, and I think, too, you know, in my mind, there's so many young people aren't, they want the 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 finished result without 
yeah. going through the steps. Oh, and, right. and I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way. No, and I mean, some of these young people are going to watch right now and think there's a couple old men talking about the, the younger generation and blah, 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 but it's really true. You know, I I used to hide from from my boss when payroll came around. I had another job, and I would write down less hours than I worked um, because I was afraid that if I got too expensive, he wouldn't let me work any more shifts. And, you know, I've... I worked radio stations where I made five twenty-five an hour, and I slept in my Toyota Corolla um, because uh, I was working a split shift. I mean, the things I'm sure you've done through the years are, are, are crazy as well. You do whatever it takes to to make yourself, uh, you know, what do they say in basketball? The best ability is availability, and 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 to try to stay up there. That the I think the little difference for me from some of my contemporaries, like let's take a guy like Jim Cosmore, he's from Michigan, Chicago. Uh, that area, and he's worked in Philadelphia, San Francisco, Sacramento. You know, he would he would go from place to place and move up the chain. But that was never an option for me. I, I've had opportunities to work in other markets, but it's 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 not you know Florida Dave or New York Dave or yeah, Carmichael Dave doesn't translate to Atlanta. Does it, it doesn't. It doesn't. And and I was born and raised here. I went to school here. My parents are here. My family's here. It was either make radio work in Sacramento or don't do radio anymore. So uh, I've been really blessed and lucky to be able to stay here. But in my business, that's not that doesn't usually happen. Even Grant, you know, Grant Bowling Green, New York, and sure, here, Decatur, yeah. Illinois, yeah, uh, really, Channel Thirty One yep. got got breaks. But I mean, I was you know talking to known Grant for forever, you sure. know, and, and some of the stuff he did, and of course. I always say, as you know, Grant's unique in every area. It's my guy. I mean, he, and well, I was going to say, I was, I was reading a thing and I thought it was interesting where, you know, with your first, one of your first jobs and you, you would call him Mr. Napier yes. for a long time. Yes, and I, I did. And I, I may have to start calling Grant Mr. Napier. <laughs> I, I think uh, he is uh, worthy of that respect. I think at some point, I probably, you probably don't remember. I guarantee you, I probably called you Mr. Reynolds. That's how I was yeah, raised. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. I, yeah. That's how yeah. I was raised. Yeah. And no, I, I, I get that. And I'm just, you know, really, that's, you know, I was too, really, you know, where your, your elders are. That's how I raised my kids. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I would say the years, I, I worked for years uh, in, in Georgia, at West Georgia University, mm -hmm. and coached down there a long time, or not four years, and, and it was so neat at that time. That's back in the 70s, but everything was yes, sir, no, sir, yeah. you know, teaching classes, you know what I mean? It, just so respectful. Yes. Now, I know that's probably changed to some degree, even there, but it was so much different. I liked it. And oh, I, still I loved do. it. I, I loved it. I will call people sir and ma'am if I if I'm not too mm -hmm. familiar with them or if they're in a place of authority. I I, I think we put a very um, now we're really going to sound old, but I tell my kids this all the time. They're twelve and eleven, and uh, I, I say you know th there are a lot of things you can't control in how people perceive you, but it's so easy to be polite and respectful. A thank you, a please, uh, you're welcome, sir, ma'am, Mister, Mrs. They're, they're, those are such easy things, and I think it's so uh, scarce these days that it really does make you stand out as a quality person uh, if you just treat people with a little bit of respect. Well, you always say, too, so a lot of people, you know, they're always saying, you know, respect me, I demand, well, respect others first. That's right. Respect will, will come back. It always does. Uh, you know, I, I just one thought on the, uh, you know, obviously I'm an old guy, but, but you were just mentioning, you know, how... It might come off as young people, but you know, when when I was young, there were still most of the young people at my age, you know, sure. wouldn't make the wouldn't make the sacrifices then either. Sure, sure. You know, there was so it really hasn't changed. I can't say that necessarily the right. the young people today are any different. You have a certain percentage that will 
understand that you've got to go the extra mile to get the extra mile. And, and, uh, and it was that same way, you know, when I was a kid, I, I mean, I think that, you know, I just, I, I, the way I was taught growing up, my dad, like I've said before many times, is that his philosophy was, and I come home bitching about my first job as making $6 a day, raking sand traps in the golf course and, and mowing the bunkers. Sure. And I was, yeah, this is a crappy job, $6 a day, Jesus, you know, working hard. And he said, he said, let me tell you something, boy, you give them $7 a day and, and, and you'll, you'll advance right, in life. Right, exactly. You give them more than they're paying you. And, and, and I, I've always thought that, you know, I didn't quite get it at the time. Sure. But, you know, you, you, but that's really the way it needs to be. Well, and your dad going, I'm sure your dad lived through the Depression, too. Yes. So um, I, I think with, with my grandparents, same thing. They instill, I think people from that era will very much instill, hey, $6 a day may not be $6,000 a day, but it's a job. It's a job. It's a respectful it, job. It, it's a job, and, and they're paying you to work. So, right. So do, you know, be good at it. Plus, $6 a day raking golf courses, what was that, in 1850? That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 oh, you had to, didn't the, you? Respect See, my elders. I, yeah. It was a. It was a. I think at that time minimum wage was eighty cents an hour. So, oh my goodness! So it was really six forty or something like that. Yeah, but it was enough. Right. You know, hey. I mean, it was actually. The truth is, uh, that was kind of spending money for college. I had a scholarship, right. you know, and later on, and so that would whatever I made there, sure. you know, I was able to save right. most of it. Right. Other, you know, little gas money and sneak a few beers here and there that dad didn't know about nah, but well, yeah, you not know. you no not me nah. no not me <laughs> but uh <laughs> now now i noticed too that now in some of the interviews you mentioned uh steve goss right yeah yeah now yeah now he had an influence in your career as well well i always say you know i i, I say i mentioned steve steve's a guy that that Nobody, unless you work where I work, uh, uh, knows. Um, but it was my introduction to um, the radio business. I was I was an intern. I, I I I had called in for so long that Mike Ramey finally gave me an internship, and I was seventeen or eighteen. I didn't get my driver's license till I was eighteen, so I think I was actually seventeen because my dad dropped me off at the old KHDK studios on Madison Avenue. It was, uh, you know, when you start out, you get all the, all the funky shifts. So I was, um, I was doing a Saturday morning internship and that's when all the fishing, in fact, the fishing shows are still on, uh, Sepp and Kent Brown and all those guys were doing their morning shows. The cars are, and, um, my, I didn't know what I was, all I knew is I had an internship. I didn't know what it entailed. So my dad drives up in his prize 1966 baby blue Cadillac Seville Ooh. thing was a house, right? Uh, had the top down, pulls up. He wanted to impress the cars are, I think. So he pulls in. I get there. I call on the little phone to, for them to let me in. And Steve Goss opens the door. And Steve Goss at the time uh, was running the, uh, running the control boards for all the radio stations. He's now, he now controls all the commercials that run. He's the money man. And so he opens the door and shakes my hand, introduces himself. And he says, follow me, step into my office. And um, we go in to a swinging door and it turns out uh, his office was the men's bathroom and uh, he steps over to the urinal and starts doing his business while I'm sitting on the sink and he goes all right let me let me break down the rules for you real quick and here I am this guy is uh, doing his thing I'm sitting here 17 years old going what is going this really this is it and he's giving me all the rules and regulations and everything and uh, that was my uh, that, that was my introduction to the radio business I knew right then that media is a strange animal 
that people, if they're not in it, don't understand. And everybody's got to be. It's like hockey players and uh, mixed martial artists. You got to be about twenty percent crazy to do it. And that was my introduction. And I still work with him today. He's. He, I'm, I'm very big on mentors, Jerry. I'm very big. You know this. You know that. Uh, I think the world of you, and you know that that my respect for you, and 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 you know Grant's a huge mentor to me. I think relationships and continued relationships are very important. And I think that people that have been around the block that have seen things, if I can sponge uh, knowledge, information, advice off of them, uh, I'm a better man for it. So whether it's a guy like Steve, you, Grant, or many of the other people in my life, I try to keep those people that I love and respect close to me so that I can call them or call on them if I have a problem. And I I think that's a pretty good philosophy to have. Well, I do too. I I think one thing that a lot of people kind of miss on that though is, is it's like you say is make sure the mentors can help you. Right. I've always said, you know, just my years in college and, and coaching and professional being around professional, a lot of times the, the mentors you choose aren't really the ones you should choose. Sure. And, yeah. And, yeah. Or any profession, you know, you can get caught up sure. with the wrong leader, so-called leadership or lack thereof. And, and it can take you down the wrong paths, you know? And, and I think you're right. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, this guy, yeah, this, this person can really help me. I can learn from them. Right. A good person. I got all the qualities I'm looking for. Well, yeah, that, that can work, but it's also true. And I think, you know, and I mean, and probably most people, I know certainly I have, I mean, where I've kind of went, picked the wrong ones a few times right. too. You know, yeah. fortunately it's like, oh, I don't, right. I don't, I don't really want to be like this guy. I think that's fascinating <laughs> from your point of view, having coached so much. I remember hearing a story, there was a, uh, I, I sure won't say who it was, but I'm sure you've experienced this with your teams before. There was a player on a, a Kings team a while back who um, was a, a fan favorite and was a, a player favorite. The players loved this person, um, kind of a average player, but the problem the coaching staff had that I later found out was that he wasn't the best mentor. He wasn't the best example. And so I, I can't imagine the the uh, the problem that a coach would face knowing that you know teams and locker rooms glide towards certain players and if they glide towards those wrong players uh, you got to do something real quick and you can't always trade people in real life but on a on a team it's different when you're in college especially you can't trade those players no. you're stuck with them but I imagine that's a that's a difficulty a lot of coaches have to deal with what well, is and it, and it's you know it's a reasonably common you, you know human nature being what it is yeah. you know you'll have people that have have an agenda that doesn't necessarily fit the best benefits of the team. You right. know, in other words, so they, you know, are looking to advance themselves some way at the expense of someone else. And so you've kind of got to be quick to sure. kind of spot that yeah. a little bit. That, yeah. You know, that uh, Joe Faduzel's wanting more playing time. Right. And if he can get this young guy that's maybe more talented to get him screwed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, absolutely. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's re- oh, well, it's like the old thing I always tell players, young players, it's like most young players, just like young people, they come in the league and they're upset about, well, I didn't get only played 20 minutes tonight to the 30. Sure. It's like what you need to be concerned about is career. Mm-hmm. Not tonight. Right. Not not right. a few minutes tonight. Right. Big but, uh, you know, if you can stay in the league sure. a long period of time, you will be wealthy. Right. Even if you're not very good, sure. you will be wealthy. Right. That so so that that ought to be what, you, what you're what you thinking about. And, I mean, to get guys thinking differently as opposed to, oh, man, I, mm-hmm. I need to play more. Well, you know, 
right. figure out a way right. to stay in the league and it'll work for you. And if you keep, you know, being a whiner and a complainer yeah. and this, that, and the other, you're in, a, you know, a lot of talented guys are play three or four years instead of 10 years. That's right. You got to watch out. That Joe Fiduzel's a trouble. Joe Fiduzel, I tell you, he's a cancer. Cancer, just an absolute. Yeah, cancer. you got to get rid of him. Hey, I got to ask you another <laughs> question. Now, your dad yes, is a big Florida State. Yes. Now, did that translate to you? Oh you... yeah. In okay. fact, I was wearing a Florida State cap uh, this morning. Uh, my mom and dad are both Florida State grads. Uh, born in uh, my dad was born in Nyack, New York, upstate. My my mother, the Bronx. Uh, they went down to FSU, and then uh, my dad was uh, drafted in the service. Uh, went to Vietnam, uh, came back, was stationed at McClellan Air Force Base um, here in Sacramento, and uh, um, and and then then uh, was sent to Guam uh, to be the uh, territory. I'm going off on a tangent now uh, to to be the territorial auditor of Guam. He's working for the U.S. Treasury at a law school, and uh, turns out that. Uh, he actually um, indicted the government in Guam back in 74. Wow. A lot of these guys were locals, had been in power for a long time, but there was this massive fraud, embezzlement, racketeering, all that stuff in Guam's uh, U.S. territory. So he was in the middle of a case against them, and uh, they, they started to get death threats over there, my mom and my dad. So my mom said, I'm going back to Sacramento. You can come or you can stay here, but screw it. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm going back. Well, it turns out I was a three-month preemie. And had I been born in Guam, I wouldn't have made it. I was born. I was born dead. They had, mm -hmm. to, they, had to, they had to give me seven blood transfusions and either fly me to. There were two hospitals that could handle me: Houston and Oakland. So I got flown to Oakland Children's Hospital, where they saved my life. The Shriners Hospital. Had we been in Guam, you'd been a. Uh, I, we wouldn't be doing this podcast the, the, right the, now. The legend of uh, Carmichael Dave would not have happened. Not at all. No, no, I'd have been. Uh, wow. I'd have been uh, warm food. So, uh, anyways, to your point, um, bringing it all full circle. Them being uh, FSU grads, you know, I was I was too dumb to go to college. Uh, that and and finding girls and beer in high school. I just had a different territory. So. Growing up, we didn't have really. And what's wrong with that? I mean, there, no, nothing. Okay. I mean, hey, yeah, you, know, you can turn out like me. I had a few of those so, issues myself. Well, you had, yeah, you went, you went a different road yourself, which uh, turned out fine. But we, uh, the closest thing we had uh, to a uh, family religion in our household was Florida State football, uh, which gravitated to basketball and baseball. But Bobby Bowden was a, a, a godlike figure to me growing up. Uh, I was blessed to be living in a time where Florida State football was oh, doing really well. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. really, probably more godlike today. Very than, much, very, very, <laughs> yeah, was very even. much. But I'm a, I'm a diehard. Um, it's the first team uh, I ever really rooted for. I mean, when you listen, when you have parents that both are grads, I had no choice. Well, sure, no, no. You, if you wanted to live no. and eat, and yes, and, and I was a Seminole fan. Sure, sure. I'm just glad they didn't go to, you know, Middle Western Tennessee, Kentucky State or yeah, something. You know, yeah. we actually are relevant in sports. Yeah. But Wash A&M or something. Wait, oh, no. I, oh, this is perfect. What is, um, you always, you do this once a year on the on, on the broadcast. IUPUI. IUPUI. Is it oh, Indi I, I, Indiana, Indiana University, Purdue, 
Damn it. I, in, Indiana University, Purdue University in, at Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> every year you do it, and every oh, year I promise I'll remember oh, it. I, I never know, do. Only Indiana could, do, could screw something like I mean, it's like, really? <laughs> you know, pick a school. Pick right. one of them. You know, Indiana University at Indianapolis. Right. Extension. You know, I mean, Jeez. we get that. IUPUI. And, and George Hill's from there. That's right. Yeah, one George of the, Hill. you know, a very, very good player. Yes, but, sir. But, I mean, yeah, that is one of the classics. Because I know Grant's always... Playing with me, so yes. you've been to that. Yeah, you know, I said just about every campus in America, whether it's been, you know, Wofford or yeah, or or Davidson or sure. Franklin College or wherever. Yeah, at one time or another, I, I think I've been there just about, which is you know partially a misspent adulthood. I, I think, uh -huh, in some ways. of course. How much do you miss? Uh, I want to turn it around just for a quick second because you know, growing up idolizing you guys. Um, you know, I know, I know you did it long enough, and you had had enough of the grind. And Doug's doing such a phenomenal oh, job. Oh, he's terrific. You ever, you ever just, you ever, you ever miss it? Not really. Yeah. You know, I think I would if I didn't enjoy Doug and Grant so much. Sure. Sure. You know, and like them so much. Sure. So, so I've, I was really happy. Right. That that's the way it went. Me too. You know this, what I mean? It's huge shoes. I mean, to if it had been somebody I didn't really care for, right? And, and uh, you know, and. It, I think that would have made a difference, but it's very comfortable, and I still do a few games with Grant and and Doug's such a class act. You, you guys know? are like a couple of it's like a couple of old slippers y yeah. for Kings fans. So so yeah, that that, that you know the only thing I I, I kind of miss a little bit, you know, by doing the pre and post game, you 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 have to get up there earlier, and I always used to like to spend time with because I knew about everybody in the league, sure. you know, especially coaches from the other team and assistants. And yeah. Stuff. So you get a lot of information, and I think most people kind of trusted me, so. So I'd have some sure. kind of inside. So you you kind of you miss a little bit of that, oh. uh, of course. And, right. And 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 I don't really get have the relationship with the players that I used to have because of the timing of the show. Uh, you really don't have time to go in the locker room and yeah. hang around and that sort of thing. Not that I was a, a hang arounder per se, but sure. but I enjoyed you know a lot of, you know young yeah. guys that that. Are good guys that want to be players. I always enjoy that. So that part you miss a little. What about bit. the walks on the cities? Oh, I I, uh, I do miss that a little bit. You know, when it's good weather. I mean, there's nothing better than walk walking the Boston Commons. And, sure. You know, Boston yeah. or Central Park in New York, things yeah. like that. I, I really, really do like that when you have good weather. And of course, there's nothing worse when it's bad weather. But uh, you still have the pants I, you you had to buy when you forgot your pants on the road. Yes, I do. They're in a uh, secret place. Uh, <laughs> they will be on my body when they when they when they when they, when they put me put me away. Right. For the, most expensive pants you ever bought. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what 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 Dave's talking about? Years ago, we were doing a game in Memphis, and it was just a. a Oh, a terrible rainstorm, and we were staying in a place called the Peabody Place, really mm -hmm. a, a nice hotel if there is such a thing in Memphis. Sure. Uh, uh, Grant's favorite city. Yeah, and yeah, mine too. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I, I found out I didn't pack a pair of slacks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, well, I went down to had a clothing store in, in the uh, place. Sure. And it's supposedly, you know, the place where Elvis went yes. for, you know, Hundred years ago, right? And but anyway, so I got a pair. Of, I didn't even ask because it's rush hour. I said you got to get them, you know, tailored and everything. Yeah, so I can wear them in a few hours. Sure, I said sure. And uh, then I went out and pick them up, and two hundred eighty-six dollars. And I was thinking, you know, like eighty bucks or something, right. or a hundred bucks. I was ready for that. I just, I just about wet my pants. You know, it's like, 
<laughs> you call Mrs. Reynolds. Oh, no, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't tell oh, her. You didn't tell oh, her. no. No, she just said, well, you just wear your pajamas <laughs> right. or something, you know, or jeans. I'm I filled mean, from the waist up. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, so well, then I got them. And <sighs> then it just, uh, you know, just took the joy out of the, sure. the whole trip, you know. But that, right. like I told her, I said, you know, we've got them in a special place. Yes, glass and, case. And of course, what I've, I've told her is that. You know, I don't want anything special when I pass. Uh, a pyramid would be okay. Right, of course. You know, you be, know, right. I, you know they, there's room for another one I somewhere. I think so. Nice sure. sarcophagus, a pyramid sure, and all that. Sure, So I don't yeah. want to go to any extra trouble for me, but something like that. I always tell my wife, I say, I want to be buried in a king's draped coffin so that they can let me down one last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Hopefully but, by then, yeah. they will have turned it around. Well, that's a, you know, that's one of the things <sighs> I, I've got to where I've got so much King stuff and, and probably like yourself and, and of course I walk every day and when the King's go, when the team's going good, I'm a front runner. Sure. So I got all my King's sure. gear on, you know, and all that. I'm yeah. out there prancing, you know, sure. puffed up like a little toad. Yeah. And then, you know, when it's going like it has been so often, then yeah. you won't find any, you know, I, yeah. I'll just uh, kind of hide. People look at you. Yeah. I find when I, when they're, when they're losing and uh, I'm wearing King's gear, people talk to me like I'm uh, like I'm in an old folks home where they, Hey, <laughs> so good to be a fan of them, huh? You know, they're talking to me like I'm four years old and I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, we have a team, we have uniforms and everything. But you know, it is amazing. I think, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, how, Generally, how nice fans are. Oh, yeah. I, I know I, I, you know, I go to Safeway or something, yeah. grocery shop, and they'll want to come up and ask me questions. Yep. And they said, you know, like, oh, we don't want to offend you, but you, you probably are tired about talking. I said, no, I never get tired about talking basketball. Sure. I don't know anything else. Right, right. I have, I had no life. Right, right. <laughs> so, right. so yeah, right. you know, ask away, you know. But I mean, there, there's so. Great. I mean, there's always been a, you know, there's always a one or two, sure. you know. Bad apples. Bad apples. I mean, that's my yeah. nature. But, but overall, just really oh, great. delightful people, you know. Uh, that's, uh, I think it's, they just deserve so much better. That's the, the only problem. <sighs> this place, I mean, we saw it in the early 2000s when oh. we were on the cusp. Oh, boy. I don't, I, I'm biased. I just don't know of another city that would f go absolutely on its head like this one for a, a championship team. Yeah, I don't know either. That's a great question. I, I mean, it's, it. I always said it, it reminds me just growing up in Indiana, you know, the love of basketball yeah. in that state and every high school and college. Sure. I mean, it's just unique, a, a religion, kind of like Texas football or yeah. something, a very similar type thing. And, and I said, but, you, you know, you've had that here with the prof since professional level from, yeah. from day one. And, yeah. and I, I'm sure your father remember, I mean, the, the team coming in the little arena oh, and yeah. all that. And, and I've always said there's, there's never been an atmosphere before or since in the NBA like that building. No. 10,333. I mean, I always remember once uh, as an assistant coach with Bill Russell and uh, Willis Reed was the other assistant. And back in those days, two was the most you had. But we were, I think it was the second game of the year, and we were getting, Milwaukee was just pummeling us at home. We were down 34 Ugh. with about eight minutes to go. And, and I think we made a, a basket, and fans were, you know, they were ch chanting like, and Bill turned to me and said, "Don't they know that? Don't they know that, that, that we're not going to win? We didn't care." I, I said, "And I said, I said, I, I think they know that. They yeah. don't care. They're just, don't. They just want to see you see this team play better, you know." And I said, it's, "It's just a remarkable thing." I was seven when they came out here. Just old, you know, that golden year, the golden years for I think sports for any little boys, seven to thirteen, fourteen, where you really you're. 
your childhood heroes are, are yeah. playing and uh, those were some of my first memories. I remember the the very first game, and we played the Clippers at home, and Derek Smith beat Derek us. Derek Smith beat us. I remember. I, so in my my room at my parents' house, um, I would I would make a I made an entire wall, which was nothing but wallpaper. Of I would I would my dad would get done with the paper because God forbid I touch the sports page before he's done with it. Well. But, so that's the way it should be. Too. But at night, at that time, when he was done, he was moved on to the crossword. I finally got the sports page, and I would take scissors. My mom got me, and I would very carefully cut out the headline and the picture, and and my entire wall um, was nothing but mostly losses, but 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 Kings cutouts, and I I still remember up until we moved them out about four years ago from that house. Um, you know, the very first headline was uh, coronation clipped. And uh, it was a picture of Derek Smith and uh, I, uh, a couple other kings in there. And then just moving on through the memories uh, growing up, you know, like you said, 10333, the first interstate bank uh, uh, ads uh, on, on the wall. Um, and, and, and oh, the, yeah. Yeah. I yes, forgot sir. that. Yeah. The, uh, the baby blues and, um, you know, obviously all the ups and downs we have. But it, I went back there and, and looked, you know, just a few years ago and, I, everything from uh, coach from Larry Bird missing the free throws. Uh, Ricky, two of them. Two, yeah. two of them. Two of them. I think it's about the only time his oh career. Roof, roof came off. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the highs like that to, of course, Ricky Barry, Bobby Hurley, um, uh, the, the the trades, uh, getting yeah. you know, just just seeing all the ups and downs. Yeah, the good, team. the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. You Couldn't know? root for anybody else. Yeah. No, it was. It's part of the fabric of the city. <laughs> You know, I mean, I would say, yeah, there's so many memories there, you know, like the, you know, Greg Lucasville going up during the rainstorm. Oh, my goodness, and the flannel. And, yeah, and I was, you know, I said, you know, he's going to fall and go splat, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but that was, Speaking. I was coaching that, you know, and I said, you know, stop, tried to stop the, right. the rain and did. I mean, there's a leak in the roof. It worked. A whole bit. Speaking of going splat, too. Well, I was thinking, too, the, it reminded me of the, the Larry Bird thing, missing yeah. those two free throws. That was the only time. That I, since I've known him, that he had to buy the beer. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's exactly. Had a little bet, you know, whoever, right. whoever, right. you know, whoever loses. That's you know, funny. Thing, but, he uh, didn't lose that often back then, no, especially no, to us. No, no, he'd, you know, no, and he'd make, you know, kind of like me, he'd make sure you, sure. you remember. You do about it. That's an Indiana yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I had you on my wall, too, speaking of falling down. I had that picture there, oh, too. Oh, yeah. You got the technical foul call technical on Technical foul. People don't realize this. You faked it. You were calling out the ref. Oh, that was yeah, a tremendous yeah. acting oh, job on your part. You absolutely. Did. I went to a lot of trouble to... <laughs> To, to get to, to win that game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was was that a win? Yeah. You, you guys won. We won. So every Harold time. Harold Presley. Wow. Harold, I always tell Harold, he, uh -huh. he made a shot at the buzzer to win. I said, I went to a lot of trouble to make you a hero. That's hilarious. Jerry, and, I forgot whether it was a win or a loss. Yeah, and the other part, the interesting part of that was that Mike Schuler was a coach of Portland uh -huh. at that time. And of course, they were really good, sure. and we weren't. But we beat them, and then Mike got fired. You know, later on, you know, Mike became one of our assistants mm -hmm. and a really good guy, yeah, a good coach. But I always tell him, I said, Mike, man, I, you see what I had to do to get you fired? <laughs> <laughs> and they rescinded the technical. They did, thank and goodness. Of course, if they hadn't have, then we wouldn't have. Wouldn't have. Wouldn't well, have. what was the fine back then? Do you remember? Ah, uh, I think about five hundred dollars. But you know, at that time, uh, the team would. 
generally would pay for. Oh, okay. I, I, I was kicked out of a few games sure. and got a few technicals. So, but the team, of course, I wasn't making that much money. Right. So the team would always pay for it. Now they can't. They're not allowed to do that. Oh, so okay. an answer to that is, would I ever get kicked out of a game today? No. Nothing could get me kicked out. No. No, no they, the officials could come over and spit in my face, <laughs> kick me in the You're groin. Good. You're say, fine. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. Or, good job, or wonderful. <laughs> yeah. By the way, for those uh, that, that are uh, not, not uh, over 40 like us, this was uh, when uh, Jerry passed out on the, uh, on the sideline when he was coaching, and um, I had completely forgot. And they gave him a technical foul because they thought he was mocking the referees. I had a kind of a history of jerking the referees' change sure. a little bit. And so, not that time, though. But not that time, no. And so the Kings, did you ever think about this? So you've always been a team-first guy. There's nothing you haven't sacrificed. Sacramento Kings are undefeated in games you've passed out in. I'm wondering why you didn't pass out more. I think a lot of people was was hoping that would be the case. Just saying. Just to be honest. Could have yeah. won a title. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I I thought, well, it was a it was a good way to get out of the parking lot quick, I'll say that. <laughs> right. you know, I, mean, I mean, so you always got to look at the positives, Dave. Yeah, you, you always got to look I mean, on the bright side. So I, yeah, I got out of the parking lot pretty <sighs> quick. And What was and, it? Did you not eat that day or something? No, I you never know, asked I, you. It's a... There is a kind of a long story, not particularly interesting. Maybe I don't know, but I've been on doing some commercials for, and I can't remember what diet thing it was. I mean, uh -huh. there's several different ones, but I can't remember which one. Gotcha. And so I was doing that, and I'd lost some weight, mm -hmm. and of course, the coaching part, not sleeping, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. So, so really, there two or three games before that game, I'd. I'd get dizzy sure you know and I, i'd start you know seeing the old green squiggly things yeah and I, i'd be up making a fool of myself yelling or whatever then i i could go sit down and, and right let it, let it go away well this time i always remember there's some a foul called on joe klein on the other end of the floor which he probably deserved but i was just gonna but i didn't think so so i was you know making a butt of myself as usual sure make, yelling at the officials and i got about to half court and all of a sudden started, uh-oh, I'm seeing these. And I said, I knew I was, I got to go sit down. Right. And the next thing I knew, the trainer was getting ready to give me mouth to mouth. Oh, my goodness. And Because I, I always remember waking up and kind of at least have enough sense to say, do you not put those lips on me. Right. I'd rather die. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'd much rather go right oh. now. But, but anyway, yeah, so that's, that's the way it was. Yeah. No idea. But so, wow. so, you know, I mean, it's like a lot of, a lot of men in particular, uh, you know, kind of hard-headed about sure. some things. Yep. Uh, you know, when you, you know, ah, I'll be all right. You yeah. Know, it'll go away. You ignore it. Yeah, ignore it. And and that's so, so that's what it was. But it wasn't, uh, you know, and they thought, you know, I had to wear a heart monitor sure. for a while. I pretty much knew it wasn't a heart monitor or a heart problem because yeah. I didn't have any right. pain. But, but I bet uh, you got every test poked, yeah, you know, needle yeah, everything yeah, that day. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then you know the national media, of and, course. You know, it was a big, it was a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, so oh, yeah. anyway, we got the win. We got the win. We That's all that matters. Hey, do it again, baby. Do it again. <laughs> but like you said, I I should have thought about that. <laughs> right. <I could've... laughs> we should talk to Luke. See, see if you're willing to test hey, it out. Hey, Luke, are you up to, 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 to <laughs> right. going down for the team? Fines are a little more these days. So but, now, in in high school, did you play sports at all? I did. I did. I was uh, I was a big time, uh, big big uh, into pitching. I was a baseball pitcher. Oh, okay. Um, also played basketball uh, all through school up to about everything. Kind of fell apart my junior year, Jerry, because I uh, like I said, I found uh, I found uh, other things, uh, other things. Uh, and, but all, all the way through my junior year, um, 
played love to play basketball and baseball. Decided not to play football. I, I love football, but um, I love basketball and baseball more. And mm-hmm. I just didn't want to snap a leg, uh, mm-hmm. although I, I did in both baseball and basketball. But um, my my first love playing was basketball. That was the the game that was the most fun for me. And I was, um, you know, six, four, six, five, uh, you know, from eighth grade on, I was a pretty tall kid. I stopped, thank goodness. But, um, you know, I was a big man and, uh, but, but I was better at baseball. I was, Mm -hmm. I was, I I had a pretty decent arm, uh, but just, you know, fell in love with the game for all I know. I don't know. I've thought about this a lot, Jerry. If, if, if Sacramento got a baseball team instead of a basketball team, would I be as into baseball, which I still am, but would I be as religious about it as I am about basketball? I don't know. Um, but I love sports, played soccer growing up too. It's always yeah. been a part of my life. Yeah, no. Yeah. Now, what high school did you go to? So I started out uh, at Mariloma High School, and then uh, my freshman year, into my freshman year, I transferred to a Rio Americano, uh, okay. both in Carmichael. Well, I think Mariloma is actually on the edge of Sacramento Carmichael, but uh, Rio's in Carmichael. was closer to our house. Mm-hmm. Um, my son went to Rio. Oh, did he? You okay. See, see yeah. it. Yeah. We, we always had to deal with Jesuit down the street, which yeah. is private and rich. And, yeah. you know, they got to they got to leave campus at lunchtime and they could drive their cars to the Burger King or Taco Bell. We had to stay and eat our dumb, you know, whatever sandwich uh, we made yeah. at home. And uh, they kicked the hell out of us in, in pretty much most sports. But uh, I loved it. it was good people, good times. Um, it, it was it was a good town to grow up in, good place oh, to go to school. Oh, yeah, no question. I know yeah. my son really had a great experience. Yeah. He'd been in... You know, because we'd happened to move a couple of times and sure. a couple of different high schools that didn't really work out near as well. But sure. he really enjoyed playing for the coach there, Alman Freddy. Yeah, Alman Freddy. I was yeah. I went there too. So yeah. What year was your son? See, I was ninety three. Eighty nine. Okay, so yeah. a little older than me. So yeah, I was still there coaching when when uh, I was there as well. Mm-hmm. Man, good good involvement, good parents. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, really. Stuff. I was gonna say it really worked. We we lived. Uh, at that time, on Eastern and Fair Oaks, okay. so a little house right on Eastern. Yes, sir. And I, my wife didn't like it because of the traffic, but I thought it was right. great. We never had any uh, door-to-door salesman or anybody right. because they'd be dead. You know, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> right, exactly. You had all that <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, then, until you know, my, then when my son graduated, then we moved out. We've been in Roseville okay. much ever since. Isn't but, the but same we with really, me? Yeah, I really... Really liked it. If it'd been up to me, we'd have stayed in that area probably. But. Eastern and Fair Oaks. I'm trying to think. I know there's a there's a bar near there called Ernie's Interlude. I'm not sure. I know. Yeah, that's up on Arden. Oh, that's up on Arden. Okay. Yeah. No, that's right. We was right down, right almost near Fair Oaks. Did you notice how Jerry knew? He knew exactly what. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, that's on. Been... That's on Arden. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one other story I got to uh, tell you. Okay. You're Carmichael Day, but about I think it's about five years ago. I was Carmichael Man of the Year. What? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I said, that's a really nice honor considering I don't live in Carmichael. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even been near there in about 30 years. I've never even been nominated for Carmichael Man of the Year. That's fantastic. Well, well, it it was totally undeserved, but, uh, but I mean, it's like, but I just have to think of that. It's like, no. Yeah. Why? Come on. So uh, are you, are you trying to maybe get the trifecta, go for Fair Oaks, Roseville Man of the Year Uh, down the road? Rockland. Well, I think Citrus Heights first, since I've never actually been there either. Right. Or at least not in a long yes. time. So I think, you know, I would... Just places you've never lived? Just, yeah, places I've never lived. I, I never knew I'd... you lived in Carmichael. Yeah. Vlade lived in Carmichael, too, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right down no, the road. No, I really, like I say, I really enjoyed it, but I could say it was, mm-hmm. like, well, 
if I deserve to be Carmichael Man of the Year, it shouldn't have been when I was actually in Carmichael. <laughs> That's fact, awesome. I mean, if in fact I deserved it, which I, I didn't see any any reason I would. But so Indiana Hall of Fame, Carmichael Man of the Year. Yeah, oh my God. It, just, it just keeps coming. The it? awards you are know, just... But anyway, you know, the, I think we're probably getting pretty close here to the end. But wow. I, but but you know, I, I definitely want to say this because uh, at some point I'd l- love to have you come back yes, l- later on and we talk about your... Especially all your your efforts in the uh, in the Kings, oh. uh, the Seattle, and when well, my and wife booted that. me out of the house your for wife a month, booted yeah. you out all that. I think that would require you know a, a lot more in depth talk. But I, I did want to sure. kind of get people to to know Carmichael Dave, well. and uh, and you know, and I say I've met your your father. I really enjoy enjoy him. He you loves know. you. Yeah, he loves you. He uh, so so I, I'm not sure when people will see this, but he had. So he had a stroke uh, the week before Thanksgiving, and my mom was already, uh, she's, she's had health problems. She's been in and out of the hospital for years. She was actually in. He had a stroke. first health problem he's ever had, and uh, really scary. He actually called me in the middle of it, and I had to call the paramedics. He was at a McDonald's eating a sausage McMuffin, and just on the wow. way to the car, started feeling it. So we actually, she got discharged. This was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Um, she got discharged from the hospital two hours uh, before he got there. They would have had a room together. And um, he has, the point of the story is, he. we're now into week five. He's made an amazing recovery. We got They're both at a skilled nursing facility, which is like a halfway house before they get to come home. Yeah. So we got to check them out like a couple of library books for Christmas Day and bring them home, and uh, which is just amazing the recovery they've both mm-hmm. made. But during the whole thing, I got to spend you know just a lot. I, you know, I always see my parents, but a lot of time with my dad. Uh, we would watch Kings games. Um, I, I would bring my tablet in, uh, and we'd get the game on. Um, and I, I even in the beginning parts where he was really struggling, uh, I, I, I'd have the the iPad up. We'd watch you, Grant, Doug, and 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 even before his emotions were getting back to normal, you know, his biggest emotions would come with the ups and downs of the game. And I would say to you, you know, that I'm sure that is just one of many experiences, as you know, living here for so long. Guys like you, guys like Grant, that team, you know, it's not just about basketball and, and that R V trip and everything we'll oh. talk about next time. Yeah. It's such a woven fabric. Oh, absolutely. Fathers and sons, mothers yeah. and daughters, you know, we it's it means so much more than just an orange ball through a hoop. Oh, absolutely does. And like I say, it deserves a, kind of a, its own special discussions, I think. Before I go, I did come to plug something here. Uh oh. Uh oh, a plug. Want to do a plug my my new book Tales from the uh, Sacramento Kings locker room right here as you can see collection of the greatest king stories ever told I think this will be a good ex, uh, exclamation point at the end of what I just said because this is your book yeah and you were nice enough to inscribe uh, put an inscription in there for my son Mason oh, wow I didn't oh you swore a couple times. I, Wow, he's not. Wow. Okay, um, that's not true. But uh, my son, my son just turned eleven, and he is. I have passed on, and at some point, sometimes I feel bad about this. I didn't have a choice, Jerry. I was going to be a Kings fan no matter what. Mm-hmm. I have, much like my parents had me be Florida State fans. I have now forced this on my children. I'm not necessarily sure I did the right thing with all we've gone <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, but but. As I just told you 
between what you've you've meant to me over the years always always having a a conversation being a, a sounding board uh and this is after me growing up watching you from from the time i was two years younger than my son is now watching those games with my dad after he had his stroke and helping him recover and then now for Christmas, giving my son your book, and then I'll bring it home to him today and have you, and, and you inscribed it. That's that woven fabric of families that, well, that I think makes really, everything really so special. Nice. Yeah, well, well, thank you. And, uh, well, thank, thank you. Thank uh, Mason. But uh, anyway, it's been a blast. And uh, Carmichael Dave, uh, obviously an icon in, the, uh, in this city and certainly going to be an icon for many more years. And we really appreciate you coming. And, appreciate uh, you. Hopefully uh, you've enjoyed the show as well. Thank you. Hey, guys. I really hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. My team and I are trying hard to bring you the best interviews with some really great folks here locally. I need to ask you a big favor. If you can just take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe, that will help us out a ton. If you go to thejerryrentalshow.com, you can fill in those five blank stars and leave a quick review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.